We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking dynasty trade deadline dilemmas. Advice for every type of dynasty manager on Rotoviz Radio. What's up, Rotoviz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. This is Curtis Patrick, joined by Dave Cabin. It's going to be a fun show tonight, Dave, or this morning, depending on you know when you're listening. We're going to break down a bunch of dynasty trades that were sent in by listeners and followers uh, on various so- social media platforms, and it's pretty cool because we got questions from every type of you know team scenario, uh, teams that are not in position to win this year. Uh, should I or shouldn't I, uh, you know, playoff bubble type teams and then, you know, contenders that are trying to to get in on the action as well. Uh, we might also put each other on the spot. I mean, who knows? Uh, it's gonna, But it's going to be fun. Very situational type show. I think there will be something to glean uh, for everybody, though. Uh, Dave, how are you doing? Have you recovered from the Team USA one to one draw yet? I'm doing all right. Uh, so I got to be honest, I was not even aware of <laughs> okay. That uh, event. Oh, we're we're off to an ice cold start. Um, and, and and just for everybody everybody <laughs> listening in, I attempted yeah. about five times unsuccessfully to do the intro into this show, and I eventually had to just hand it over to Curtis. So that's what we're dealing with right now. Uh, but yeah. I do. I I think we should note that we're releasing this trade show. Um earlier this week than the projection show uh because we thought this would be pretty timely give people a couple of days to think through what they might do we are going to put out on the podcast our podcast specific uh feed the projection show um what did we say curtis i think we're going to put that out on thursday thursday so people will have it for the thanksgiving games um that's right that's right and then, and then we'll put we'll put that same show out on the main Rotoviz Radio feed on Friday, on Friday as normally scheduled. But you know, for those of you that are maybe only subscribed to the Rotoviz main channel, this would be a good incentive for you to subscribe specifically uh, to our show's feed. You'll get you know a little sneak peek, a little day early, and you will have our advice from the game level similarity projections for all of those Thanksgiving Day games uh, in timely fashion. So. 
Uh, yeah, Dave, I think let's just get, let's just get a drop. Let's set the stage and let's start talking about some dinosaurs. Okay. Well, we put up the trade bat signal, if you will. And, and you guys stepped up, you gave us some good ones to think about. We're going to break them down. Uh, the reason that this week is so key to be talking about dynasty trades, I mean, most notably FFPC, you know, the, the home of our games, uh, high stakes, dynasty games, sort of is triflex leagues, etc. cetera. Uh, the trade deadlines this week, Dave, that's at 1255 before the Sunday kickoff last chance or 1250 rather. It's your last chance to accept a trade and have it processed for the 2022 season. So it's time to, you know what, or get off the pot. You got to make your decision. What are your goals in 2022? So let's get into this first question. I want to have you answer the first one. I mean, it was directed to me on Twitter, but I think this is a really like divisive player. And I, I've got an opinion, um, but I think it's a player that could have any, I mean, a wide range of valuations. And so I'm really curious your thoughts. This comes in from Ben Nguyen at GT underscore Ben on the Twitter sphere. What is Trevor Lawrence's trade value? A mid first? Should I keep him or trade him? I'm probably going to have the 103 in 2023. So prob going whatever QB is left between Young and Stroud. Currently have Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence as my quarterbacks in this super flex league. Okay. Um, Trevor Lawrence. So, yeah, so, so, so basically... I, it's kind of a two-parter, you know. Yeah. So one, keeper trade Lawrence, and then and then two. I mean, specific to this this owner's question, you know, do you prefer to wait on Trevor Lawrence, and in the context of this team, maybe not spend that one hundred and three on a quarterback next year, uh, you know, take take highest overall uh, wide receiver or running back, or do you move you move Lawrence now for a position player and then reinvest at the quarterback position? I think so. It's really kind of a two-parter implied. Yeah, that is. I, after having taken this in, and I think that you could make an argument for either side, my initial reaction here is that I would keep Trevor Lawrence and I would try to use that pick to get a positional player and roll with Watson and Lawrence. One of the reasons for that is I'm not sure that what you get back for Lawrence right now in a positional player, even in a super flex league is going to be able to approximate what you might get with the one Oh three at a positional player in the upcoming draft. Yeah. I mean, you, you could at the one Oh three, assuming that, you know, I, I think Ben is almost assuming that maybe Bijan Robinson will be one of the, the top two picks there yeah. and saying that he'll take whoever's left between Bryce young and CJ Stroud. But I mean, in super flex formats, I could easily see Young and Stroud going one two, right? And and you know, really the draft beginning at the one hundred three there with with Bijan. So that, I mean, there's that that's a great spot to be in um, to take you know BPA and and feel good about it. And I agree, you almost have to wait to see if if Lawrence can can turn it around uh, because he has not, you know, for all his ups and downs this year, you know, the the value spike that Justin Fields has had in the last month after being basically, you know, on death's doorstep after September, you know, we haven't seen any of that for Lawrence. You know, he, he's basically just been bleeding value all season because we haven't really had those, those ceiling games. Well, let me, let me just ask this question though, right? Has he really been that bad? 
it's it's not really a, about that. It's not about whether he can stick or not. It's about because uh, I mean he's going to be the team starter again next year. Yep. I mean, there's no doubt about that. He's going to get another chance, a second season with Doug Peterson. But you know, it's it's relative. You know, dynasty value is relative. You know, it's it's impossible not to compare. You know, these players. You know, from the same draft class with similar draft pedigree. You know, to one another. I mean, Lawrence has been a low end. QB one this year. Yep. And you know, he's got a handful of games over 20 points. I think he's got two over 25. He's had some real clunkers, uh, three games under 15 points and a game with just 8.2. You know, those That's are the fair. things that, that, yep. re- that really stand out. And so, you know, I, okay, let me, it's, let just, me... It's, just, it's just hard, you know, because I mean, the other thing is Deshaun Watson's not playing, you know, that's going to push him down. Yep. You know, the weird season by Russell Wilson, you know, he's fallen off. And so like Lawrence is outperforming, some of these other quarterbacks because there's some noise, right? And so that that situation is going to be different. And then how do you compare Lawrence to these players that are come, going to come in with very similar college pedigree uh, that, that he brought to the table? Okay, I get all of that. I guess what I would say is Trevor Lawrence at this point, 60% of his games this year has been at QB1. We could say there's extenuating circumstances. They are very commonly extenuating circumstances, yeah. right? Last year only had four QB1 games, but I'm not even going to include last year because we can explain what was going on. Yes, there are some passers in this class upcoming that look very intriguing. Lawrence was very intriguing himself. The odds that one of these guys ends up being significantly more useful than him, I don't really know exactly where I would assign it. Um... But I think that it might be dangerous to discount what Lawrence is right now and kind of pencil in any other incoming passer significantly better than him. Because I think where Lawrence sits right now is kind of that mark that there's some variables with a quarterback that are hard to control for and you don't know if they're really going to be able to get over there. Some of them we could think, right, but it might not happen. Like, we really liked Fields, but for a very long, you know what I mean? It's possible this could have gone the other way and we got a glimpse into that. Yeah, I, I think that's, I think you laid that out pretty well. Um, and, and that kind of prepares us to, to basically analyze what the real question is. It's, do you prefer, you know, it, you're almost like trying to come up with a trade scenario where you're, you're trading with yourself before you figure out what to do. Yeah. And so do I prefer, you know, Trevor Lawrence at, let's just say, you know, a, a, maybe a floor of QB 18, you know, moving forward. And a ceiling of, you know, a mid QB one. Yep. Um, that kind of that range of outcomes over the next couple of years, plus, you know, best player available at 103 in 2023. Or, you know, who do you think is like the best player, best established player you could trade Trevor Lawrence for right now at either running back or, or a wide receiver? Like may, maybe two names at each position. Because I'm with you. I'm not sure that the value is in alignment with the fantasy production. It's probably, so at running back, the best player I can think, or like a name that I could think of possibly working, I'm not sure if it's like somebody like Dalvin Cook, right? Like, is that going to happen? But like, would you even Mm want to get back Dalvin Cook? Like, are you making your team better if you pull in Dalvin Cook? It's a super flex league. You got to go address that quarterback position. You're entering the realm of the unknown to get a player that's only going to have utility for maybe a year, year and a half. Um, 
I think I, you've got to. I think you've got to look younger. Yeah, with this that's what I'm saying. Because right? he's going to have the 103. His team's struggling this year. Yep. You know, he's taken a zero. He's probably only been starting one quarterback all year because Watson's his other quarterback. Yep. So you know, I I think I think you got to look at more at you know running backs under. It'd be like you got to go to somebody you know, that's not Barkley yet established, or Travis right? Etn. Oh, I don't you think know, somebody's like, trading you Barkley for for Lawrence right now. Well, he'll be 26 coming off the injuries. I mean next contract you know i okay. think well, uh, maybe right. on the maybe on the front end it would be okay. you know a, a travis etn or kenneth walker you know somebody yeah. somebody like that that hasn't put up you know a you know an overall qb or rb1 season and then maybe from a, a wide receiver perspective maybe it's more of like the post prime age stud like would right. you would you trade cooper cup you know, for Trevor Lawrence, if, if you want to get out early enough or that, that brings you know, up a whole other interesting discussion, yeah, but or, or maybe, yeah. Or maybe even, you know, Tyreek Hill, uh, for, right. for, you know, Trevor Lawrence, you know, plus, if, uh, yeah. that type of thing. So, so somebody like Tyreek Hill, I, w- I would start to think about it. Yeah. So there, I, but I there's think only a the handful of players, Curtis, to be honest, where I think I'm thinking about it. Um, especially cause there's a large part of me that wants to take the chance here and see what happens with Robinson in that draft. Yeah, so so I think laying it out, it the best option for Ben here is to keep Lawrence. You know, hope that he just doesn't fall off from the current production. If Watson comes back and offers you know similar type of fantasy utility or even returns to to his uh, you know former outputs, and and then you add best player available at one hundred three, you know your team is probably more like on the come rather than being an established contender. So that's probably your your best future upside option there, Ben. Sounds like Dave and I reached some alignment. Hopefully hearing us kind of talk through the process uh, and the mentals on that uh, was helpful. Uh, thank you so much for the question. And then obviously there's just a caveat there too, which is if you could go and get an absolute home run trade, you can still try for it. But I would just caution against making a trade just to make a trade, just to unload Lawrence. That's my piece. Yeah, I, I agree. Okay, so we we put that one to bed. I think we we're on the same page. All right, this one comes from Matt Lim at underscore Matt Lim underscore. Hey Curtis, I swapped Michael Gallup for David and Joku. Ended up also losing Kyle Pitts. Did I win? Um, Does yeah, he mean man. he means what to cover? He lost. For coverage, yeah, he lost well, Pitts, Pitts for, the for the season. Yes. Yeah. So he you know he covered up his. He, he happened to have, af, you know, before the fact, basically covered up his Kyle Pitts injury. Or, or, or one could say he traded up at tight end. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, basically. That's interesting. You know, you know, he, he's assured himself of having at least one yeah. tight end one. Yes. <laughs> and, and I mean, Michael Gallup uh, doesn't look like he is going to capture his, you know, uh, his his once exhilarating form. So I, you know, I, I think this was a, a great move. You know, if you can trade a, a basically a fungible, you know, asset at receiver for any tight end with upside for the potential, you know, positional advantage, even in stand, you know, regular PPR in a non-premium format, I think this is a great trade. Yeah, I do too. I mean, if you go in and you look at some of the numbers for Gallup, 2019, 2020 seasons, those were really good, but I mean, he has yet, he has not put up a wide receiver one week since 2020, had just two top 24 weeks last year. Granted, he only played nine games, but there's really nothing you can point to if you look in his profile this year 
that is going to inspire any type of confidence. So I think that even on a per game basis here, you're actually going to get more points out of Njoku than you are that wide receiver. So you're pulling in a player that should be playing on your team here every week for a player that honestly should be on your bench. So I, I really like this trade. Yeah, Gallup has actually, since his sophomore uh, NFL season, he's been wildly inefficient yeah. too, man. I mean, he he's basically hovering around 200th every single year uh, in fantasy points over expectation amongst all wide receivers. Been, you know, negative in a, in a uh, season end kind of uh, total fantasy points over expectation three seasons running, including this year. And, you know, a 17% team target percentage on a, on a squad like Dallas in his active games, you know, that's a good, healthy number. But he only has one game with more than 10 PPR. You know, yeah. It's just not happening for him at this time. He's, he's not, unfortunately, doesn't seem to be the same player or others have just, you know, uh, usurped him in terms of the rapport, you know, with Dak Prescott in the context of the offense. So, yeah, uh, great move. By you, Matt, I think that will get um, the wheels turning. I don't know that that's a trade that a lot of people would have been able to make other than maybe right after Njoku. I- I'm curious of the timing on this because it sounds like you made this trade a while ago. Um, you know, if, if Njoku had just gotten injured and Gallup was like on his way back, their valuations would have been a lot different, you know, six weeks ago than they, they are today. Okay, next question, Dave. This is from at... Jabufu. Um, and he says, Oh, I was number one in points in 2021. Sorry, I, I gotta so, stop you right there. <laughs> yeah. What what is meant by this is crock pot discrimination? I must know. That's I in his know. comment. I I I don't know. Did you just, I, um, you did you intentionally gloss over that because you didn't know the context of it? That is just his Twitter name. His name is this is crockpot discrimination. Well, his his handle is at Jabufu. Okay, but you know how like you have your name that right. appears that it's his name is okay. This crock. This is crockpot discrimination. Okay. So I didn't know I, with I mean, it being Thanksgiving week if we had gotten if this had you know kind of derailed. Oh, it's actually something. about crockpots. It's actually about crockpots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like uh, yeah, I. I I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like that's a, I feel like this is some sort of like saying, but it would be way yep. more interesting if it was actually about like crockpot brand discrimination. Yes. All um, right. Unfortunately, he's not on the show with us here, Dave, so we will never know. <laughs> All right. Well, I want um, some more background on this if he's listening, if he could. <laughs> okay. Yep. Uh, he was number one in points in 2021. So, so first off, you know, we're going to pour some out because when you tell me that, it means that you didn't win your title. So you had a great team and unfortunately didn't win because you didn't yep. say I'm the champ. So sorry to hear about that. And he's fallen. He slid to five and six this year, likely to make the playoffs. So, you know, maybe this is just an unlucky draw two years in, the row, in a row, strong in points and, and poor in, in, in standings. But I'm unlikely to do anything there, and I would prefer a top six pick. He's been trying to sell Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, Geno Smith. I'm going to assume this is Aaron Jones, Keenan Allen all season, but no offers. So, what, you know, what should I do? Okay, so, yeah, this is a team where it's kind of like, if you've got all of those players as part of your core, you know, Alvin Kamara toward the end of his career, um, but still offering low-end RB1 output, you know, Joe Mixon having, you know, another solid, not yet, you know, yet not spectacular year. You know, Gino and Superflex, I don't know that you really try to 
to trade, he hasn't, you know, his, his value to your team is much higher uh, than it is in, uh, you know, on the trade market, you're just not going to get it. You're, you're worst case scenario, you keep him around is like your, you know, QB three moving forward. And you just got yourself covered if he, you know, returns as a starter next year. And then, you know, Aaron Jones, unfortunately, I just don't think you're going to be able to get much for him because the way the Packers season has gone, I mean, you know, they could shut him down uh, or limit his touches to keep him fresh for next year or make him, you know, appealing and potential offseason trades or types of things. Keenan Allen's the player that I think you're going to have a chance to move of all of these. And then followed by Mixon provided he doesn't miss time with the concussion. So unfortunately, you know, you might have to ride out Camaro. You know, you might have to ride out Aaron Jones, but if you can move Mixon, who's the youngest of those backs uh, and is on, on the best team situation. And if you can move Keenan Allen, those are guys that if I'm a contender in your dynasty league competing manager, if I'm the third place or fourth place team, and I could add both of those guys. Now I'm thinking I can win the title. So in your spot, uh, crockpot, I am trying to make deals where the opposing manager gets Mixon and Keenan Allen. Um, they need to raise their overall weekly ceiling. You're going to have to trade at post-2022 values. So whatever you think your minimum uh, price point on these guys should be, devalue that by 20% if you actually want to trade them. Yep. Because if you don't, you're you're going to be a bag holder on both of these guys. Yep. So I, I'm thinking, you know, the best you could hope for in, in moving both of these guys is like the absolute best would be like two firsts and two seconds. Um, but that's the high end. You know, you're you're more likely to get maybe two future first and a second or you know, maybe you could get a future first plus a younger player uh, and, a, and a second, um, a younger player that is either injured or, you know, not producing uh, who should have an offseason value spike. Now, that's the types of deals that you're trying to make. You want to trade these players into the opposition starting lineup and you want to pull the players that will either be shoved to the bench or are already on his bench. Um, so those are the types of offers you're trying to construct. I'm specifically targeting the non first place teams unless first place is only ahead by, you know, 10, 20 points or something. If it's a, a league where there's a runaway, you got to target the two or three teams behind that manager. So they have some hope. Uh, Dave, what do you see here? Do you think any of those other players are worth trying to shop? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
I agreed with a lot of what you said, uh, particularly Gino. When I read through this list, he was the one guy that stood out to me as not necessarily needing to be moved. Um, I think that, well, at this point, Mixon, you're probably going to have to wait till the offseason. Maybe same thing with Kamara. Or, or actually Jones, I should say. But Allen, you should be able to move. Um, and I, I honestly would be open to trying to move all of these guys except Gino. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to move all of them prior to the end of the season. I think especially with the running backs, you can reach a situation heading into the draft uh, going into next year where people start looking at their lineups and they're realizing that they might be a little yeah. thin at the position, then you can try to move them. But like Curtis said, I think that the biggest thing to keep in mind here is that you're at the point where if you're deciding not to try to really go forward with this team, you need to start to churn this roster. That yeah. means you need to start calling shots on some younger players that you believe in, who you think their value has not actually your perceived value for them is not is higher than where their current value is because you're going to have to move some of these guys at less than cost, which could feel uncomfortable. But if you're serious about turning your roster, like Curtis said, you're going to have to take a little bit of a hit on what you think their value is. So maybe it comes from trying to move them to a team that's competing right now that could use these guys trying to get one of their lower level players that doesn't factor in hugely for them right now but you think is going to be a big thing in coming years and then a pick uh of some sort and again it's probably if you want to get the deal done it's not going to be a clear you know a hundred dollars on one side a hundred dollars received on the other type of move um but if you're really serious about turning this roster you got to start to get it younger and get these guys that are going to be stars in the future um as opposed to holding on to the guys that are going to be fading stars yeah so i think you know, trying to get Brees Hall. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, that, that's the, those are like the types of moves, man. So, you know, offer Joe Mixon for maybe Brees even Hall. like Javante Williams at a pretty good discount right now. Yeah. I would, I would try, you know, you could try um, Camara for Javante. You could try Joe Mixon for Brees. Um, you could try, you could try Camara and Aaron Jones for Travis Etienne. Um, you could, you know, the, the, like that, those are the types of, of moves. And then for Keenan Allen, you know, I'm trying to trade Keenan Allen for like, you know, Traylon Burks. I was, I was going to ask if uh, you were going to say Traylon. Garrett, Garrett Wilson. Oh my gosh. You know, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm trying to trade, you know, and it's uncomfortable, man. You know, it's just uncomfortable because Allen and, and you're going to second guess yourself because Allen is going to close this season really hot. Yep. Uh, he just is. And like, you know, you're going to question it, but. And we're going to get to this point next year and you're going to be glad you did it because Keenan Allen, even if he continues to produce, you know, he's going to hit the Jarvis Landry cliff for this type of player. Yep. And it will just never come back. And if a guy um, like and, Traylon yeah. has two more games, like the one he just had, you're never going to get him again. Yeah. I really like the idea of, of not just focusing on Traylon because he did, you know, now I think everyone's curious, right? You know, he, it's curious. It was an island game, but somebody who's been a little bit inconsistent but has shown the upside, you know, like Garrett Wilson, I think is another, you know, really good option there. Um, and you could even do, you know, just trade for younger Keenan Allen, trade him for Michael Pittman. Pittman's been losing value, yep. Uh, you know, all season, but you're going to buy some years there. 
Um, so I think you've got some options, but again, your key here, I, I think the best scenario for you, obviously you're holding your own first next year. You're trying to add another first or younger players and you will get the biggest haul if you try to package two of yeah. those four guys. We're talking Mixon, Kamara, Aaron Jones, and Keenan Allen. Package two of those four guys to another manager so he or she can envision, uh, you know, dynasty glory. And and really, you know, maybe you make two trades. You know, you make two two for one trades and and inject your team with some upside and some youth. Let me ask you this, okay. Curtis. Sorry, sorry, to, but I, I think it, this is the type of player that's interesting to talk about in the confines of this. For a team like this one here that we're discussing, which is Crockpot's team, right? Does trying to add somebody like Rashad Bateman or a play like that have any type of appeal? Or at this point, is Bateman the type of player that we're not looking for? I know what I think, but I'm curious as to what you think. I, I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, like, me either. Okay. I, he, he's lost a ton of value for me because yep. not not only, you know, has he not stayed healthy for two years in a row now. I mean, he. we've seen... You know, no one's really matched the consistency that Hollywood uh, had shown, you know, with Lamar. Andrews looks like he's still going to be, you know, the preferred target there. And now we've even seen, you know... I mean, shoot, uh, what's his face? Uh, Robinson that just came over from the Demarcus uh, the Robinson. Chiefs. Demarcus Robinson, yeah. I mean, we're seeing big games from you know just players who fit like a profile that have a specific yep. skill. Yep. I don't know, man. Like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not really looking. On, right. I mean, it, the idea of an injured young player is, I think, on point. But just that offense has not shown that it's going right. to really support just any yep. wide receiver one it's got to be the right wide receiver one so i'm not looking in that direction okay good yeah i, I just wanted that added level of context here because i think it's it's useful and the final thing i'll say is don't be afraid to try to get a throw-in guy either uh real cheap that's yeah. exciting uh oh yeah one other name though that's kind of the same idea but yep. we haven't seen anything yet keenan allen for jameson williams yes you yes know, that, so, so, same idea i mean i think definitely you know right track there yep okay okay all right, uh, we got a couple more here. This has been fun, man. I mean, it's just making me, it's just making me really excited for off-season dynasty talk. Okay, um, this is from Mister Goodcat uh, at Mister Goodcat fifteen oh nine. Hey Curtis, uh, oh, this was in response to uh, my reminder on Twitter that the FFPC trade down deadline is this weekend. Uh, thoughts on this trade? It's a Oh, it's, this is an old school dynasty. One QB, man. Wow. Um, okay. Uh, the okay, and he makes a note that the first that he sent is fringe playoff team. So okay, so he is trading away his own first and trying to improve his team to make a run this year. So okay. he sent J.K. Dobbins, Brees Hall, and his first. Okay, so two backs that are down for the count and his first. That's you know, that's an interesting interesting move. And and he received T. Higgins and Travis Etienne. I think this is a smash win. I like it. In fact, I, I like it so awesome much. Awesome trade, man. I think it's like missing a first, honestly. Uh, I wish I was quicker on the draw. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a cat? Because it's Mr. Good Cat. Or like, uh, where's Henry at, man? Can we get a soundbite from Henry? You know, one of the few times that I actually would like his presence while recording is he's not here, of <laughs> yeah. course. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, Dobbins, unfortunately, you know, multiple seasons derailed now. And, you know, I wasn't as high as everybody, you know, even if he was healthy all year, you still got that issue 
you know, like what we have in Buffalo, yeah. you know, when you have the dynamic rushing quarterback, you know, that also doesn't really pass to the backs a lot, you know, you're, I mean, what was JK Dobbins ceiling this year? It was like my, what Miles Sanders is doing probably. Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, you know, Brees, you know, I hope that he returns. You know, he looked awesome before he went down. You know, I hope he's healthy, but you know, he could have the same outcome that JK had and, and not, you know, really return to form. Like it just sucks about, you know, this position, you just never know what's going to happen after that injury. And, you know, trading the, trading the late first in the, what should be a late first now, after how much you've improved your team, Mr. Good cat, you know, and, and, you know, that picks worth far less in a non super flex league, far less. I mean, actually, if it becomes the late first, I mean, that's probably with the quality of the quarterbacks in, in this year's draft, you know, the, the one, two turn is where some of those players like Stroud, you know, uh, and, and young are going to enter the picture and that's not really the type of move you're wanting to probably make for your team. So to get Higgins, who I think is going to continue to, you know, provide, you know, low end fantasy wide receiver one numbers down the stretch, you know, he's got the youth on his side and a great situation, stable situation with Burrow. Um, and, and then to get ETN, I mean, I, I think you also receive two guys that could still increase in value. Uh, this is like a, a master's level trade. Great this job. is a trade for this year and for the future which is hard to achieve in a single trade. So good on you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We let's, let's hit two more here. Uh, okay. Also, this is from, um, at the OG fantasy. So this guy, uh, you can go listen to his podcast with other friends of, uh, Rotoviz, the goat district podcast. They focus specifically on high stakes dynasty. And I see these guys and lots of my, FFPC leagues, uh, both dynasty and, you know, high stakes main event. These are talented players uh, who are always thinking ahead. They were amongst the, you know, the first to, to really jump in and applaud or rid of this triflex format. And they're playing all kinds of those leagues. And, and that's actually the format this trade was made in Dave. So it says I'm a triflex contender. I sent Kyle Pitts, of course, it's tight end premium. I received Chris Godwin, Greg Dulcich and a 23 second. That's interesting, man. It's interesting. You know, Pitts is super divisive now. Like, what is he? I think you and I are maybe a little more down on what his value should be now. I yeah. mean, I don't think his ceiling has changed. Like, it's just so hard to know what he would be with a different quarterback and then also pot potentially a different head coach. But, you know, most people are lauding uh, Arthur Smith for what he's done, you know, with what appeared to be a pretty limited Atlanta Falcons team and you know they've been competitive every week with this style of play so I don't think the change to Desmond Ritter or anybody else would necessarily yield much of a different offense so yeah there, there's a scenario where Kyle Pitts just becomes early career Eric Ebron like I know that sucks to hear but there's a scenario and in that scenario this trade would be high rate highway robbery yeah so I think if you're going to make a pit a trade of Pitts to get the, the stability in the home run value that Chris Godwin will provide for the next two to three years, even in a transition from Brady, Godwin's going to be fine. He's going to be a, yep. at worst a wide receiver three in, in, in your lineup in this format. Yep. Dulcich's ceiling, is it that far off from what Pitts could be? And, and then to get a second there, you know, I, I think Godwin and Dulcich should have been the max that you would have got in return. I mean, the second just feels like free money. Especially in one of these in one of these triflex leagues, 
that pick uh, could be pretty darn useful, right? So, yeah. I mean, it, 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 depending on what happens with the quarterbacks coming in in this class too, right? We see a number of them go. All of a sudden, you could be looking at a spot, especially with where this second ends up, where you're getting a pretty good player. So I really like this trade. Uh, and I agree with the idea that Dulcich has a ceiling that's not too far off from what we've seen from Pitts. And that's even if my, well, I guess what it comes down to too, is that Pitts is really until we get like a full change of everything in Atlanta, almost just like burning a hole in your roster in that spot and none, none in any type of good way. Yeah. You're going to continue to start him because of what he's, you know, hypothetically capable of doing and he's going to continue to underperform and and damage your team but you know that's productive struggle yeah. uh, mindset and dynasty as well you know we haven't changed our opinion about Pitts as a prospect but you know we've got you know two years of sample size and you know year one was really great uh, other than the touchdown department and year two hasn't been so great and it does you know we've got to preach patience with with tight ends I mean, I think maybe the learning from last year is even though Pitts is one of the best tight end prospects ever, maybe the, maybe the learning is that no matter how good a tight end prospect is, it's just not worth spending, you know, a first, you know, a, a top half of the first round pick on him. Right. You know, the, the opportunity cost of that is immense when, you know, the sample size um, over, over NFL history is, you know, most of these tight ends take a few years to, to kind of figure it out. So, I think this is a great trade. Um, and, and I know, you know, I know this uh, manager has a lot of Kyle Pitts. And so this was just an example where, you know, he's, he's just trying to spread out, uh, spread out the, the, the ownership a, a little bit and divest uh, from some shares and key spots where he felt he could get great value. So um, appreciate him sharing it. And it shows, I mean, this just goes to show you that there are still managers out there that will pay, you know, every cent on the dollar that Pitts was worth at the beginning of the season. So uh, explore those trades. You know, if, if, if Pitts is your tight end too and you're you're a contender, you know, like he was, you know, go improve your team. Uh, go get that title. You know, you're not going to be licking any wounds after this type of return. All right, well, let's, let's bring up the rear with one final question. This actually came in 17 seconds. <laughs> Before we hit record. Uh, so Derek at DB Shewitt, uh just got this one in before the deadline here. So this is a super flex dynasty. He's a non-competitive manager this year. He wants to know, should he trade? Man, this is a big package. Hollywood, Jahan Dotson and Alvin Kamara. Okay. Uh, for Javante Williams and DK Metcalf. So he has Jamar so Chase, he, T. Higgins, Godwin, Jamison Williams, Ridley, <laughs> Claypool, Collins at wide receiver, running back. He is Swift, Robinson, Matt Breda, and Rashad Penny. Yeah, so I mean, he's already stacked it. He's stacked at wide receiver. You know, wide receiver depth's not a problem at all. Uh, probably, you know, probably just looking to add some high end, potential high end running back production for the future here so this trade feels like it centers around getting Javante and then and it basically trying to package up you know it's the three for two to, uh, to improve the starting lineup rather than uh, focus on the depth you know Hollywood I think you know he showed some real rapport with Kyler 
Uh, remains to be seen what that will look like with DeAndre Hopkins around. Uh, you've got to think that affects the ceiling just a little bit. So I like the idea of trying to, you know, trying to take some value there uh, where it presents itself. Dotson's looked good, uh, if if not spectacular. And then, you know, Kamara's on the way down. Javante, you know, the injury thing, like we were talking about with Brees, you know, you hope he comes back. Um, but the, the Broncos look super broken. And Javante, you know, was in an unfortunate timeshare with a player that's now been cut the same season. I don't know. I don't know without a coaching change if Javante will reach his and potentially a quarterback change. Uh, if he'll reach his his true that's exactly uh, ceiling what I was that everyone say, was thinking. Yeah. So, so, you know, I almost kind of want to take the running backs out of it because I think Camara for Javante just feels super fair. It's a trade that makes sense for you know, in any any league, you know, the, the the competing team that lost Javante to add the Camaro points and then hope that he keeps some value for another couple of years as a receiving back profile or something like that. You know, it makes sense um to to get production now for for Javante. So it kind of comes down to let let's just say that's a wash. Would you rather have Hollywood plus Dotson or would you rather have Metcalf? I'd rather have Hollywood and Dotson than Metcalf, and I might even rather have Hollywood than Metcalf. Yeah, I think it, it it gives you more outs. And, you know, you're listing, cal- you know, part of this depth after Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Chris Godwin, and Jameson Williams, which is a great uh, top four, by the way. Yep. We don't really know what you have, Derek, with Calvin Ridley, Chase Claypool, and Nico Collins. Nico Collins, you know, yeah, he could turn into a pumpkin at any minute. Chase Claypool, you know, we got to think his value will increase at some point, but I don't know if the bears will have enough passing volume. We could have an Atlanta Falcon situation here where there's just not enough meat on the bone for every receiver in the offense each week. And then Ridley, you know, in Jacksonville, uh, that's going to be an interesting situation in 2023. Uh, but Christian Kirk, you know, has looked pretty good. So, you know, at best Ridley would potentially be the one a and a one a one B you know, situation. I don't think he's going to have, you know, 160 target season yeah, in Jacksonville, like, like he was going to have in Atlanta. So, you know, th- those three, you know, they do give me some pause. If your league's starting three wide receivers and then you got to have a flex as well, you really have four that you know what they are. So to trade away Hollywood and Dotson who are usable any week now, I'm just not so sure it makes a lot of sense for you. I think it would be better for you to just make this trade Camara for Javante. Right, I, I would I would take the receivers out and just offer that. Yeah, because in this trade, with the way it was configured now, if it was a running back that I felt better about than Javante, I'd be more inclined to go for it. Or if you were getting Javante and another running back that I could see getting into your lineup somehow. But the way it's constituted here, I'm not sure that overall we can rely on this benefiting your team uh, in more scenarios than, than it hinders it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what other... But I don't know, you know what other back it, it would be. There's this big chasm, I feel like, between at. the value of the backs that I'd want to go at and the guys that I think I could really achievably get without you know a massive overpayment. Because if we think of the young backs right now, right? Um, there doesn't... Well, I mean, so, so I, I mean, he's not super young, but like if, if you go down to that next tier of guys who maybe is accruing value this year, but... Uh, but they might not have a lot of long-term value because they're already mm-hmm. into the mid twenties. Like the Tony Pollard manager, isn't going to trade you Pollard for right. Camara right now because he's just too hot. You know, maybe, maybe Ramondre Stevenson to buy years, but mm-hmm. there hasn't been that much 
difference in the production level uh, over the course of, of the season. And we highlighted Ramondre as having, you know, the, the easiest overall running back schedule on yesterday's episode rest of season. So I'm not sure, you know, if, if that manager is listening to the show, they're not trading Ramondre for, for Alvin Kamara. And, and so then you really get into some situations where it's like, do I really want to move Kamara for this? You know, Antonio Gibson. Um, geez, you know, it, it kind of falls off there. You know, you're almost in a situation where you got to add something to Kamara to then try to, to go up. But I don't know why the other manager would want to do it. What do you so, think if you did something like Kamara and Godwin and a pick? Is there any way we can get it back better than Javante? Well, hmm, I don't, yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe, I don't know that I'm like desperate to move Godwin off of this team though. You know what I mean? I kind of like, I kind of like keeping him there. He's the type of receiver that could work in any offense if he ends up, you know, getting moved. Um, It provides a little bit of protection for Jameson Williams if he doesn't return to form right away uh, or Dotson, if he continues to be Alchi or Hollywood, if he be, you know, takes a little bit of a backseat to DeAndre Hopkins for a year. I, I mean, I like Godwin in the context of this team and a wide receiver is the strength of this team. I, I may, maybe so actually, the move would, would be to trade Ridley yeah. in, in Camara. So, but let's Rid- just circle yeah. back here, right? I guess this drives an even larger question. Does this team need to force a trade here? Well, I think the idea here is that, you know, he's not competing this year and you know, not knowing what the future holds mm-hmm. for the Saints and Camara. I mean, I get the idea yeah. of, I mean, this feels like the last window. I think it is know? a good I spot mean, to try to move Camara. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're either holding him forever, you know, or or you move him now. So, I mean, I think if if you wanted to trade, the, the problem is, you know, packaging Camara and, and Ridley, you know, I like that, but if you're trading Camara to the contenders, and so really will have, you know, less value. So, I mean, I understand why you're bringing up Godwin in, in that, you know, scenario, but geez, I mean, maybe you could even just do, if not focus on a running back. If, if that other owner wanted Camara and was trying to move Javante, that tells me they want the running back points. So you've got, you've got an opening there. Yep. Would you just do... Camara and Dotson for Metcalf, like just come back, take yeah. take J- Javante out of the deal since we don't know what he's going to be. Leave Hollywood out, and you know just package up Dotson with Camara for for DK. Yeah, I mean that's that's a possibility I mean, too. You can I, be I think... twenty twenty five year old physical specimen. Yeah. Then that then that gives you the the flexibility to maybe go, maybe then go trade you know Godwin to a contender. And do that, maybe make a trade off of a trade. But I, I think in, in your situation, don't get hung up on the positions that you get in return in your trade. You're not competing this year. You're not setting a line. Your lineup does not matter mm-hmm. rest of the year. In fact, the, the worse your lineup is, the better <coughs> um, to improve the value of your picks. So just get the, the highest value players that you can that could still either accrue a little bit of value or certainly won't lose any value due to age or production uh, fall off the rest of the year. That That's really the takeaway. Okay. I think that's a really good way to sum things up there and a super important note about not focusing so heavily on the particular positions here, given the context that this team finds itself in. So this was our dynasty. Let's see if I can get it this time, Curtis. Dynasty 
trade deadline dilemma show. Yeah, you got it, it, man. You got it. I got it. (laughs) We will be back on our specific podcast uh, feed on Thursday to do the GLSP show, fantasy projection show, and then that will drop on the main feed for those of you that listen to us there on Friday. If you are busy and wrapped up with things and don't hear us before your Thanksgiving, we hope that you have a wonderful holiday, uh, that you make some good lineup decisions and your teams do great. And uh, for those of you in that boat, we will see you next week. Everybody else, we will see you later in the week. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.